My dad died. I miss my friends because of... I don't know how to tell my friends that. I want to help my friends. I don't know how. The pandemic has left me feeling very lonely. How can I best support students in my classroom? My uncle abused me. The morning meeting is meant to be a place to let you know that you are not alone. We can get through this together. So join us. Listen, learn, share your stories. This is the morning meeting. Hello, I'm Mandy Zucker, host of The Morning Meeting. Today on the show, I'm interviewing two special guests, Emma Payne and Sarah Coteau. Sarah shares what it was like to lose her father as a young adult and what supports continue to help her in the really painful times. One of those supports was Grief Coach, a subscription-based grief support texting service. So we also have on the show the founder of Grief Coach, Emma Payne. Emma shares how she came up with Grief Coach and how it has changed the way we can provide support to really anyone. So Emma and Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the Morning Meeting Podcast today. I'm very happy to talk to both of you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks, My Mandy. pleasure. Absolutely. Um, I thought I would start with you, Sarah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience with grief as a young adult? Well, I lost my father at the age of 25. Super young, I feel. Uh, normally people, I you would hope to lose your parents at an older age. In June, they said he was cancer-free. And then July, he wasn't eating. And August 3rd, he passed away. It was very, very sudden. I was lost. We had no idea. As a family, as you know, a young adult... I didn't know how to navigate any of it. I didn't know what to do with myself, who to turn to, where to go. I tell you, I was 29 when my dad died. And I, you know, as you're talking, it's bringing back a lot of those feelings. I remember mm -hmm. thinking like, I don't know, none of my friends had lost their parents. Exactly. So it was yeah. a very lonely experience. There wasn't a lot of people like me at that age. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was, I'm definitely the first one to uh, have lost a parent in my friend group. That's actually helped me and helped my friends. I've maybe had one or two uh, whose parents have died since, and I've been able to help them in return and kind of guide them and talk to them and, uh, and help them with their journey and their loss. So tell us a little bit about you. Like I just finished university. I just got out of university, living with mom and dad and uh, still living with mom now. Um, and, uh, at the time, um, just, you know, enjoying life, enjoying the youth that I still had at that point, not having to worry, not having to, to have these weird thoughts of if I come home or the next time I get a phone call, is it going to be someone else that I lose? Is it, is there going to be another phone call? Or, um, I, I remember after I lost my dad, I was really scared to have my phone on vibrate to turn my phone off because I was scared if I get another call I need to be there I need you know in case you always have that that scared feeling that scared thought as, as well as guilt a lot of guilt I went on vacation maybe six months after my dad died and I cried every single day and I was so I had so much guilt for living my life for being happy for enjoying 
my life without my dad and knowing that he couldn't enjoy that with me and support wise the thing is with grief people are there when it happens and i feel like people leave or forget after the funeral it's a short it's a short term support that you get from a lot of people and then you're kind of navigating your own life and uh your own grief and how to how to journey through that how to live through that and uh the first year i felt was learning a lot of things how to do things without my dad learning about the thermostat <laughs> how to do that learning about uh just simple house things that he would have to do and he would he would be there for and uh changing my tires things like that that i had to learn and just navigating life in general and waking up every day saying here's another day without my dad what am i supposed to do with myself so i did join some facebook groups i did uh a year and a half later because grief is such a long process it is a forever process i was struck when you just said you know you were struggling you joined facebook groups and then you joined grief coach which is a you know a very innovative texting support service yeah most people my age would say to you like well why don't you find a therapist or a support group did you try those things or did those things just not resonate with you how did in how did today's that- life life is busy life is so busy and i feel like with you know joining a a therapy or a group therapy you have to make that effort and you have to constantly and you don't want to sometimes you you're in your your grief bubble you don't want to go out and have to make an appointment or go out and leave your house and go see someone whereas grief coach you put your number in and you get these constant daily reminders that you're going to be okay that it's okay to grieve it's okay to cry it's okay to miss someone um techniques on how to help and it was just a daily it was a very constant a constant thing in my life that helped and that to be honest some of the things some of the text messages i have them all saved and i screenshot a lot of them they they were so accurate on on what i was going through personally and how to navigate this journey So Emma I'm going to just jump in. What is grief coach? Like me cry. Thank you so much Sarah. Thank you <laughs> for sharing that. It's like incredible, incredible to hear. We work so hard um on the texts and what to send to who and when and of course we can't be 100% right all the time because everyone's different as you said. Yeah. Um but I think we get it right a lot of the time and what you just shared is so lovely and just hearing that you screenshot them and there's like another subscriber I talked to maybe a year ago she was 17 and she said that she hadn't deleted any of the texts ever nope. that we'd sent since her mom died and that she would wait until after third period and that was the time that she would be with her mom or be with her grief like yeah. allow herself that space so that's so amazing to hear your experience Thank you. So Emma, so Emma, tell us what is grief coach? How did it come to be? I mean, it's 
very innovative, different than any other. I've been in this field for a long time. It's different than any other kinds of support that I had ever heard of. <laughs> uh, we are a text messaging service, so not an app. Um, we're delivering personalized texts a couple times a week for a full year, customized based on relationship, uh, age, cause of death, and so on. So if you lost your brother in a car accident, then different messages than if you, like Sarah, lost your dad to cancer, or if your baby was stillborn, those kinds of things. Um, and one of my favorite things about Grief Coach is that the person who's grieving has the choice to add in friends and family who want tips and suggestions for how to help them. Mm -hmm. And that's actually why I built it the way I did, because I don't want anyone to ever grieve alone. And even if everyone wanted therapy, <laughs> most people can't afford it. There's six month waiting lists. Um, and yeah. we'd way rather have some patience and understanding from the people around us who love us. So the griever gets grief support um, and their friends and family get what I now refer to as sort of grief literacy, grief training, grief coaching, right? How to how to be with the person who's um, in the thick of it right now. And because it lasts for a whole year, we go a long time after that funeral, <laughs> really try and bring people, bring people through their first year. And then, and then often people also renew and keep going, which is pretty cool. So it is so cool. And I, you know, I'll say, you know, I've been um, honored to be asked to provide some of those text messages specifically for young adults. So I, you know, I can attest to several of the messages that I think are really um, powerful and will resonate at least with that age group. Mm -hmm. Hundreds of expert contributors now. And it's, see, this is the thing, right? We have 26 million newly bereaved people in the US alone this year. Um, and we don't actually need you know, we don't need a, a new vaccine or pill or something to support them. Like we have all the wisdom. The wisdom is there. Decades and decades and decades and decades of people who have worked with all kinds of populations, you know, hospice bereavement managers, chaplains, the wisdom is there and the need is there, but we haven't figured out the right way to, to marry them. So that's where I see grief coaches role take the wisdom and transfer it in a digestible way straight to people's pockets um, and meet the need because there's just no other way. It's going to take all of us. So I think coaching the supporters is a big part of the big part of the way to make sure no one's on their own. So how did you get into this? Oh, <laughs> like all bereavement people, <laughs> there's like a sad story, right? Uh, so my friend died um, at the end of 2015 and um, had asked me to speak at his uh, funeral. It was the first time I'd ever been with someone uh, when they died and through that journey with him. And I said, yes, of course, I'll, of course I will do that. Um, <clears throat> but once he was gone, that seemed a very daunting proposition because he was the best friend and also second cousin of my husband who had died a decade prior by suicide. So essentially what I had agreed to do was fly across the country and stand in front of hundreds of people who, many of whom I hadn't heard from in, in 10 years. And because I met Barry when I was 19 and was 31 when he died, we're talking about my entire young adult, I mean, that's 19 to 31 yeah. was my whole 
social network. So um, I did it because I had promised that I would. And from the moment I sat in my pew, the person next to me said, oh, you know, how, how did you know the family? And I explained, and, and, and before I even got the words out, she said, oh my goodness, are you Emma? Are you Barry's widow? And I said, yes. And she's like, well, I was his aunt and this is his cousin. I said, yes, I know. Um, <clears throat> and I consider it a gift from my friend. Like it basically, I spent 72 hours hearing people say, I'm so sorry I didn't reach out. I didn't know what to say. I felt really awkward. I didn't know anyone who had died before. Then too much time had passed and I felt embarrassed. And I'm so ashamed of myself. And I did really care about you. On my plane ride home, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like I was sort of, <laughs> and I had spent at this point 20 years building web and mobile apps for, we've done suicide prevention work, getting young people registered to vote. I knew that we can use phones to thoughtfully help with certain things. So on my plane ride home, I was like, this is most, this is just like dumb. <laughs> like I spent 10 years, 10 years, my entire twenties, right? not hearing from people. And I think that because Barry died by suicide, I inferred all sorts of things about why that might be and, and the blame and anger and guilt and, and all of it. Um, but equally, what I discovered at the funeral was for real, a hundred people spent that same decade feeling crappy about it, genuinely. Yeah. And they were young too, a lot of them. And it was the first person that they ever knew who had died and they really didn't know what to do. And so the feeling was honest, like, I didn't know what to do and I freaked out and so I did nothing. So on my plane ride home, I mapped out grief coach, the whole thing. And I assumed that by the time I landed at SeaTac, I would get on Wi-Fi and see that it existed already. So as I was like taxiing into the terminal, I was Googling it, I'm like, nope, nothing, nothing. Wow. Not even grief apps back then. I'm like, this is crazy. Like there's an app for everything. <laughs> um, but because I'd spent a lot of time time building apps, I actually knew that's not what I was going to do. And I had to really stick to my guns about doing text rather than app. And everyone was like, Oh, so it's an app. And I kept saying, you know what, it's not because it doesn't need to be. Someone's husband is not going to think, Oh, I think I'll open this app tomorrow in case the day after that might have been my wife's mom's birthday. Right. Like, but if you just send him a text and say tomorrow would have been Kathy's birthday. He's like, Oh, thank you. I didn't know. Thanks. Great. Here's a suggestion. So really focusing on text because it's scalable, affordable, accessible, easy, just like what's the absolute easiest thing for people to receive. So yeah, I'm really proud of it. And then I hear people like Sarah and I feel even more proud of it. <laughs> so. I think, um, you know, I work with a lot of college students, young adults in general, and it is one of the things that they talk about that you know, because it's such an odd age, you know, to lose, to lose a parent for sure, but most people in their twenties are not thinking about death and dying. It's not okay. something that's typically happening, you know, especially with somebody particularly close to them. And when it does happen, I hear the same thing that, you know, the friends of these people want to be supportive and they just don't know how. And oftentimes they say, I think I did something wrong. Like I told them, let's go out and get drunk tonight. Um, because I thought like, that's what we're supposed to do. I'm trying to cheer them up, distract them, you know, make them feel better. And oftentimes they realize, you know, that that's probably not the best strategy. 
um, but they don't have the tools to make, to do something else. And they don't know how to be vulnerable and quiet and, and let their friend just share what their experience is like. Sarah, did you have friends sign up for Grief Coach? Did you have, you know, people so, that you can let them support you? Yeah, so I added my husband um, as the other person to receive text messages. And it it made such a difference because prior to, he wasn't exactly like you. He never, he didn't have anyone close to him pass. And he didn't know what to do and how to support me. And through these messages, he understood and he he navigated that journey with me. And uh, for example, one of the messages, I'm assuming, because I actually don't know what messages he received, but I'm assuming one of the messages was, you know, try and do something with your partner that reminds them of their dad or go out to a restaurant that reminds her of her dad. And so uh, a few times um, throughout this process, he's like, hey, let's go to your dad's favorite restaurant. Let's have his favorite meal. Let's have his favorite drink. Let's enjoy and let's, you know, remember. It's about remembering because people are so scared and so terrified to push that nerve or to bring it up. But it's always in our mind. It's always at the forefront. And we, we're constantly thinking about it, to be quite honest with you. So it's okay to say, hey, how are you doing? How are you coping with the loss of your, of your friend, of your parent, of whoever you lost? It's okay to message someone or to check in on them a year later, two years later, three years later. It's okay to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's what Grief Coach has taught my husband. <laughs> and I recommended this service to like, quite honestly, maybe like 10 people now. And it's helped them understand and better navigate their own, uh, their own loss and journey. I think that's just such a powerful piece of, you know, it's one of the reasons why I felt so strongly about this service, because I, I mean, I think texting the griever is awesome. And, you know, it's nice to get messages of support and tools and things. But one of the things that I feel so strongly about is that grief is normal. It's natural, right? Therapies, I think therapy is awesome. We should all be in therapy, but it's not necessarily the answer. And you don't necessarily need it just because somebody died, right? Because it's normal, nothing, you know, it's, you're just having feelings. And so many people around you who want to support you just don't know how, and it makes them feel so inadequate. Um, so having a service that sort of uh, guides them, right? Coaches them, gives them these tips, like reach out to your friend today because their dad's birthday is tomorrow. Or, you know, say the person's name, reminding mm-hmm. them of these things, that these are good things to do. Because sometimes, you know, I know I've heard it a million times and I'm sure lots of young people will say, like, I didn't want to bring them up because I thought it might make you sad. And then they get a message that says, bring up the person's name because mm-hmm. your friend is thinking about them. So when you don't bring them up, it just makes them feel more lonely. So those are great ways to help you connect with the people that are supporting you. Absolutely. We say this all the time. It's like if the person, you're not going to make them sad by talking about their dad. They're sad because their dad died. Like you can't solve that, but you can let them talk about him and 
take to the restaurant and so on. And it's, and people are like the supporters are so grateful and relieved when people think my job is depressing. I'm like, no, it's not because people die. The question is, how do we all manage afterwards and what's the experience like? And our supporters are like, oh, thank you so much. I didn't know to do that because they feel powerless yeah. and they, you know, your husband loves you. He just doesn't know what yeah. to do. Uh, we work we work really hard to always come out on the side of the supporters as we would in any other caregiving situation but so i have a pet peeve about the like top seven things never to say when someone dies and the we don't know no one has taught us let's apply some some grace and support and give people just the tools and confidence to do what they do want to do which is which is to be there people are good we want to help we just totally clueless sometimes. <laughs> so we're trying to help, right? Supporting the supporters, caring for the caregivers um, has to be the answer. It is so interesting because you're right. Like people don't know how, and yet it has, I mean, you know, it's very hard to come by any adult that hasn't experienced some kind of a significant loss. It might not be a death loss, but some kind of a loss, right? They didn't get into the college that they wanted to. They're partner breaks up with them. They, you know, got divorced, right. right. They yeah. sell the family home. They go to college, you know, even just going away to college for the first time can be a tremendous loss for many people. So the feeling, you know, the feelings that are associated with grief are very universal and common. And yet when it happens to someone else, we feel so inadequate and like, I don't know what to do, but mm-hmm. been the other thing that I am like loving right now, because we've been live for three years now we've having people renew and have different experiences over time is our text messages focus on when someone's died. But what people tell me, especially young people is like, yeah, but it also just gave me things for everything. This also gave me a different way of listening and thinking about all this crap that happens and that is hard to deal with. And that's amazing. And I think it's true. Like for me, it was like that, like, because I was, still young when I suffered my first massive loss, eventually I was able to take those lessons forward. They are who I am. And I actually wouldn't trade them, right? I would bring Barry back to life, of course. But barring that, I wouldn't actually take that experience away because it taught me everything. Sometimes I think I didn't know anything before that about how to, how to navigate difficult things and be, be here in the world. I wish we could bring Barry back too. <laughs> yeah. That we don't do. It's just text messages at the end. But... <laughs> so how do people sign up and what's like the process to, uh, to join or to subscribe to Grief Coach? Uh, well, we, our website is grief.coach and um, you can sign up there. And if you have an affiliate code, Mandy, um, I do that and get $10 off. <laughs> Feel free to um, use my affiliate code. It's inner Harbor. Yeah. So then you can just go to grief.coach slash inner Harbor and you'll get $10 off making it $89 for the full year. Um, some people find us on Instagram, which I think is how you found us, Sarah. Did you? I think I actually just Googled like grieving, how to grieve, how to properly, oh, really? how to manage grief. Hmm. How to manage grief. I think that's what I did. A few years ago. So we were a really young company. Like when, when did you, when did your dad die? Uh, He died 2018. 
but I signed up in 2020. 2020. Early 2020, yeah. Yeah, so you were early on for us because we didn't even launch until um, spring of 2019. Very weird timing for starting a grief company, by the way. Yeah, so that's cool if you found us just by Googling us. Um, but yeah, you have a pretty active. It takes 10 minutes to sign up, not even actually. You share as much as you're comfortable. If you want to just share your name and the name of the person who's died and the day they died, that's enough and you'll get texts all year. Um, but if you want to, you can share things like birthdays and anniversaries and holidays that are important to you. And then you also get messages around those those things. So, but it's, mm -hmm. I don't know, a five minute sign up and your text start right away. And then you can add your supporters up to four supporters. Mm -hmm. If you want to change those supporters or if you add one and then a couple months later, you want to add another. Yep. You can just do that. Yep. It's your account and your data. So you change whatever you want, whenever you want. I quite like the, some people sign up right away and they add in all four of their supporters and off they go. Some people start on their own. And once they've had the text for a month or so, they feel like, okay, now I'm ready to see if my mom would maybe get some suggestions for how to help me or, and then they add people on later. Um, we had someone yesterday who, yeah, within a few weeks was like, once she got the flavor of it, she thought, okay, now I think differently about who I would put in and you can go ahead and swap anytime. Mm -hmm. I have another question about it. You know, I, I think, you know, we're talking a lot about individuals who have someone die in their life and it's a great service for those people. I'm also wondering about organizations. So I work with, you know, a lot of colleges and university resident assistants or religious life or a fraternity. And I'm just wondering if like, you know, if there's a student in college and he dies and then he's on a soccer team and the team wants to, the you know, the, the captain or the coach wants to have all of the team members receive grief support. Is there some sort of, you know, a subscription that way, or is it just each person individually, or do you have some? Yeah, um, we have, I mean, really most of our business is working with organizations. So we started about two years ago with hospices because hospices provide 13 months of bereavement care to families of the patients who die in their hospices. So in that case, it's the organization who um, uses our text messages to deliver support. But then now we have things like employers where you know their vice president dies suddenly and they want messages for we have 53 relationships in the system so ranging from sister brother stepdad grandmother colleague manager patient right and those 53 relationships apply three different ways like grieving person's relationship to the deceased the supporter's relationship to the deceased and the supporter's relationship to the griever as in sarah's case with um, her husband so when an organization like a school or an employer or a hospice or we've never sold to a soccer team but that's a cool idea <laughs> when that happens the price drops significantly um, because they're essentially buying in bulk right. and then all the people in the congregation or the school or so on um, can then get support from the organization and that i love because then the grieving person's not paying and that's where we want to get to obviously I mean trying to find all the different models that we can where the EAP the employer the congress you know whoever it might be is passing this grief support along to the people one of the things care. that I'm just thinking about is because I work with a lot of colleges I know that you know resources for counseling centers is 
really minimal. I don't want to call it minimal. It's just scarce. Um, so there's long waiting lists to see, even if it's covered with intuition, right? Um, there's long waiting lists and there's often, you know, five or six, maybe 10, if you're lucky, session max, um, which is not a lot of support. And wouldn't it be lovely if, you know, college counseling centers had this as a service so that either while students are waiting for support or during or after, they can continue to get support like that. Oh, you're so right. Yeah, we're hearing more and more about wait lists in all kinds of organizations. I mean, yeah, six months to get a first appointment. And so I think Grief Coach is an excellent um, stopgap for wait lists at, li- at minimum, but then people often keep going and find it really helpful. And you know, Grief Coach is, is cheap. The cost for an organization to provide even one hour of therapy is more than it costs to provide a whole year of support for the person and the people around them who want to help. And when organizations are buying packages, it's half that. So you're talking 50 bucks for a full year. Um, So yeah, I think it's an excellent solution for wait lists and organizations who are looking for ways to just meet the need. So if there is an organization that's interested, do they just use my Inner Harbor code or when they're trying to do like a bulk um, subscription, how do they do that? Is it just as easy on the website? Not on the website. They would just contact us at grief.coach. No, because the anything that's bought online is at at retail price. And then we have like bulk, bulk subscriptions that we do for organizations. But thanks for the thanks for the question. I really appreciate it. Yeah, campuses, students. Um, we did start working early on with Heal Grief. It's an organization in LA that works with young people, and they have a program called Actively Moving Forward. It's an obvious demographic, right? It's text. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's on your phone, and like as Sarah so beautifully put at the beginning. It's where you are. It's coming to you, right? Someone else is doing the thinking and bringing it to your phone. So. We have our phones in our hand all the time. So, <laughs> Is there anything else that you feel like, Sarah, that, you know, as a young adult who's, who's, you know, continuing to grieve, but when you, you know, when your dad first died, are there other things that you thought like were helpful to you? Maybe some of those more out of the box, you know, tools or things that, either you felt like were helpful to you as the griever or that, you know, you wish that your supporters knew maybe something that you've learned through grief coach. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I tried so many different things. I tried so many different avenues on what to do, how to make myself feel better. (laughs) Uh, You really can't, you just got to go through it, right? Mm -hmm. You really just have to feel it and go through it and deal deal with the process and deal with the emotions and grief coach has really, really helped with that, with the text messages, with the, for example, the five, four, three, two, one technique. That was one of the first messages I got. Um, when you're feeling overwhelmed with grief, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. When you're feeling overwhelmed with grief, uh, you should name five things you see four things you can hear, three things you can feel two things you can smell and one thing you can taste. And then take a deep breath. And I have uh, in the past for anxiety, I did speak to a, I did have a therapist and very, very similar uh, techniques. And I never thought of, you know, doing that for, for when I'm overwhelmed with grief, Uh, but it's, it's really helped. 
that's definitely one of the techniques that I really like uh, using. But um, I did also join some Facebook groups um, for grieving uh, for people in their 20s and 30s. Um, that was a good group as well. Um, but Grief Coach, it's so spot on with the messages. It's crazy. The birthdays, the anniversaries, it's so spot on. And it it knows how I feel. It really does. It takes the emotion and it's like, this is what you're feeling. This is what you can do. This is what you should do. As well as the articles, the YouTube videos. I spent a Friday night one time just really, really upset and sad. And I was reading, going over the different text messages. And there are some articles um, and a YouTube video. And I ended up in this huge YouTube loop um, rabbit hole of grieving and grief. So it was, it was great. <laughs> I, I love that. I mean, I just think, you know, hearing about those kinds of things, that's exactly what resonates with, you know, people your age, young people yeah. are so comfortable, you know, on the phone and, you know, YouTube is, it's not like some scary place. And that's why I think it, it resonates so much because you're so comfortable exactly. already there. So exactly. You're comfortable, you know, we all have our phones, like I said, yep. it's a comfortable space. Good on you, Emma. Great idea. What a gift this Amazing. conversation is. Thank you so much, Sarah. Like I just <laughs> thank you. Make my day, my week. <laughs> and that's why like I reached out to Emma because it helped so much. And I was like, I don't know if you get these emails a lot, but I need yeah. to tell you that you truly and honestly brought joy back into my life and you helped me navigate and understand how to grieve properly. And that was just such a gift. Thank you. Is there anything else, Emma, that you feel like you wanted people to know? I don't think so. I think um, Sarah says it best. <laughs> she, did. she did. Well, thank you both so much for coming on the show. I think um, I can't wait for people to hear more about Grief Coach. And um, and also just, you know, I, I hope that there are, you know, young people out there that are listening that are just thinking that, you know, there's more than one way to do this. There's lots of support out there. So, you know, Sarah, you went and you, you found things that were, you know, people probably might not be thinking of find a text messaging messaging service. Cause they might not know that exists. So just because someone says like, you know, go to a therapist, it doesn't not again, not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's plenty of options. So there's things that work for you that work for your budget that work for your time. Mm -hmm. Um, so I hope that people feel, uh, you know, inspired and validated in their efforts of looking for things. And I, and I hope that people will check this out as well. Thank you so much, Mandy. Thank you, Mandy. Thank you to Emma and Sarah for coming on the show today. Next week, I'm also interviewing two guests, Preston Zeller and Lindsay Lederman. Preston is an artist and Lindsay is an art therapist. Preston shares his incredible story of using art after the sudden death of his brother. And Lindsay helps us to understand the powerful ways art can be used for expression and connection when you're grieving. They've done some really great work together, and I can't wait to share it with you. So join us for that next week. That's all for today. Good morning to all of you.